Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Richard Hoff. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here this wonderful Saturday afternoon, uh, wherever you're calling in from, but I know you're going to help us. You are the founder, CEO of Growth River and the author of Navigate the Swirl, Seven Crucial Conversations for Business Transformation. And as I said, just before we hit the go button here, um, our our listeners are primarily business owners of all sorts from right out of the gate to super enterprise and uh, businesses are always looking to grow and expand and uh, keep growing so we can get more jobs out there and uh, keep expanding. And you're going to be the guy to help us do that. But before we go there, I'd love for you to share what even prompted you to write your book. I'm really passionate about having conversations that align people mm-hmm. and, uh, and it just, I grew up in a family that did a lot of that. And that just led me to, to what I do, which is, which is that in the context of business. Wow. And now Growth River, I, I see has offices uh, in the US and Germany. What kind of brought you to the arena of Germany and, and, that, um, and that marketplace? Um, I, I learned German as an exchange student between high school and college. Um, it was a pretty formative experience for me. Uh, it's actually in many ways, it led to reading the book, uh, reading the book, writing the book. Um, because I, cause I, I found myself over there when I was 18, uh, not speaking a word of the language. And then I learned to speak a language, swear words at first. And, you know, you work your way into other things and it, that's kind of how you learn languages. But I got fascinated with this idea of if we have the right language, we can have the right conversations. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I learned German. Then uh, I met my wife in college, and she happens to speak the language. Okay. And we decided that we wanted to, um, we have three daughters, and we had made this decision that before they were high school age, we really wanted them to live outside of the country hmm. to sort of have a more expanded view of this little planet we live on and all the people on it. And so, so we uh, took 
for us, which was, was a very courageous choice in 2009. We just risked careers and everything and said, we're going to move to Germany for a few years. And what was amazing is the world, the universe kind of co cooperated suddenly, you know, all our jobs agreed and everything aligned up and mm. um, we moved there. And while I was there, I found myself with six extra hours a day because I was running my business in the US and there's a six hour time difference. So I had six hours in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I started, uh, you know, uh, having the conversations that I have in Germany and it attracted mm -hmm. a group of folks who, who were really interested there. And then we built a business there and we published a book there as well in German. It's a different book, different audience, mm -hmm. uh, but that was published in October of last year. Uh, by Wiley as well. Um, but that's how I found myself in Germany. Wow, this is fascinating. My, my dad was born in Germany. And unfortunately, as a kid, uh, they sent me to German school, but I didn't keep up the language. Um, but talk to me a little bit about working with, say, a, a, you know, Germany, a European culture, there is a different culture. Do you you work differently with your clients in Germany as opposed to US? Is there a different way of talking a different language and conversation you have, say, with your German clients as opposed to your American clients? Well, the, 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 the topics are the same. The way you go about them is a little, is a little different. Uh, um, and uh, in Germany in particular, the majority of the businesses are what you call Mittelstadt. They're the, they're the family-owned mid-sized companies. And so, you know, we have uh, one client over there um, who uh, they they've been very very successful. They're just they're just outside of Munich, and it's this family-owned business that builds. I guess the easiest way: modular housing for retirement homes, hospitals, that kind of thing. It's pretty sophisticated stuff. But it was a family-owned business. The daughter was inheriting it from the father. The mother and grandmother were in the middle of it. The brother was over here. You get those kinds of dynamics going on. Um, you don't see that a lot in the U.S. You, you, you used to. When I first started, there were lots of family businesses that were going from generation to generation. You don't see that much here. There, that's really common. So it's it's kind of like business with a little family therapy thrown in. Interesting. It's a, it's a different uh, dynamic. So when you created Navigate the Swirl, what were some of the crucial, because it says seven crucial conversations. Is there a certain conversation that business owners aren't putting on the table that they need to start looking at to grow more? So, so uh, all of the conversations are about growth. Mm -hmm. the, the challenge is, is when there are a number of obstacles that business owners face to growing their businesses, but one of the biggest ones is themselves and how they think about their business. Mm. And, um, you know, there's this thing, John Maxwell, uh, who's a pretty famous speaker came up with called the law of the lid, which basically says, you know, a team or a business can never perform at a level higher than its leadership. Mm. And, and so, so that's the sort of the place you start. Right. You start with that as a recognition that mm -hmm. that if you're going to lead um, you, if a panicky leader creates a panicky team, mm -hmm. uh, a clear leader who's able to engage people in the conversations that matter, creates a team that's clear and engages in the conversations that matter. Mm -hmm. So 
so that's that's kind of where where it all starts yeah and then the conversations come you know come come out of out of that and um i guess i'd say one other thing to it which is you know i've worked with with hundreds uh of teams um i don't actually know how many businesses um all sizes um and and some of them i've been on their growth journeys for a long long time one for 22 years um I, you know i worked with started with them when they were four scientists in a lab and we grew to be one of the largest players in the, the uh, DNA sequencing space where we were with labs all over China and Europe and so on. Mm -hmm. And so I've been through all of the stages of this. And what I can say unequivocally is that businesses grow at the speed that teams form and teams form at the speed that conversations occur. And also, is that added to how much the leadership or the top visionary grows as well? Because as you start the conversation, it starts from the top if they're not willing to grow. And that's something I found as a consultant. I would go into, you know, companies, usually a middle to small, and they'd be like, fix these problems, all this down here, make it all get better. And I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on right here at the top. And often they'd be like, no, no, we're fine here. Just work down there. And uh, how do you bridge that to get them to see that really it starts with building you first before you can build out the bottom pieces? Yeah, I, that's a, I mean, yes, I told, I have the same experience everywhere <laughs> that I go. Um, it's always, it always comes back to the lid and it always comes back to the leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, Except, you know, uh, so now the question is, is, well, what you're asking, which is how, how do you get their attention? And how, do you, you know, how do you get them to pay attention to that? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in the book, there are lots of different ways to do that. Um, but but one of the ways to do that is is to really uh, begins with just a worldview. And the worldview is 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 to to recognize that your business isn't a machine. It's a social system. And that, you know, you're at the heart of that social system. You are the source of that social system. What you permit, you promote, what you, what you, what you believe in happens. And the results are a direct reflection of you. And so that's mm -hmm. one place to start. And when you move from there, you also have to, you have to create, people don't, don't learn because you tell them. Hmm. They don't learn because you say, oh, this is a fantastic model over here. Go do that. They learn because um, you create experiences for them that give them choice points. Interesting. Now, you know, what's interesting to me, I don't know if I forgot the name of the show, but there was this um, hotel hotelier who um, has a show, Anthony something or other um, on cable, and he goes into these struggling hotels. And he won't start out by just saying, here's all your mess of problems, uh, get to it. He will generally go into the review section for that hotel and see what are the clients saying about you and whether they're voicemail or Yahoo or you know whatever reviews they are, he'll put them on the table and say, here's what's going on in the world and what they're saying about your, your product, your hotel, and how do you feel about that? And I think um, that's speaking to what you're talking about a little bit, that that's not telling someone, here's what you got to do. This is just showing them how the world sees how you're being this hotel and the existence of the world, how the world is receiving it. Now, what's your take on that and how are you going to go forward? I think that's exactly right. You know, what, what you're pointing to 
is also it's pointing to some fundamental truths about mm -hmm. a business so or about purpose so first of all um let's start with the idea of being purpose driven right so purpose driven having a vision you're going to head towards mm -hmm. uh when you have a vision you've got two choices you can either lower the vision to meet the reality current reality or you can bend current reality to meet your vision right so so right as it's intended to be so that's kind of the first thing when you don't know who your customers are you don't have a vision because the purpose of purpose is creating value for whom am i creating value so an organization that you know isn't paying attention a leader who isn't paying attention to their customers and that feedback it's just evidence they're actually not purpose driven regardless of what what they may believe mm. and i think that's probably probably that place and so yeah. until you get the purpose right you can't get the vision and until you know you if until you get a recognition of what value you're, you're choosing to create you can't mm. get a vision and until you get a vision you can't bend reality to meet it interesting yeah, it's so interesting because in the case of this case study that I'm, I'm meant or seeing in my head here, they thought they had a vision, but really, if you're not in tune with the marketplace, you really don't have a vision. You might have an idea of what you want to create in the world, but if it's not actually creating that and you're not making that connection with the actual outside world, your customers, you don't have a clear vision. So you have to get started with that first and then you can go forward. Now, I'm curious, what's that bending reality? What's that look like? Do you have a story you could share around how a business did that and that you worked with? I'm working, I've, I've been working with a lot of businesses who've, mm -hmm. who've done that or are in the process of learning, you know, mm -hmm. uh, how to do it. Yeah. Um, so so when when people talk about transformation as being hard they're talking about that bending reality as being being hard mm. that's that's the hard part um and you know it's a it's a uh a journey that has an awful lot of uncertainty associated with it and that uncertainty can be very um learning how to navigate that uncertainty can yeah it's it's not easy it's not an easy kind of thing. Um, it's a very personal uh, type of thing that impacts people all the way down to kind of their, their core together and, and separately. So it is, is it basically also the premise of it is really starting to do things differently than how you've done them in the past? It's being willing to do things differently than you've done them in the past and, be, and being willing to... Um, yeah, I mean, there's this fundamental human desire to do things the way we've always done them because the way we've always done them has done them has worked for us. And there's enormous or we feel uncertainty. Or we feel comfortable yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. And we only have so much capacity to try new things at this, you know, and and we and and so we um I don't know if it's evolutionary or not, but I do <laughs> think we 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 kind of met out uh, you know, uh carefully dole out that little bit of ourselves that's that's that the, the deal with the new stuff the, mm. the, the extra energy on top of yeah. things um and and so the question is is how do you lead an organization to to do that mm. now let so so the so the the challenge is one of balancing it's balancing 
optimizing in the current state within the constraints of everything that's going on mm-hmm. with this idea of being able to put a stake in a future. Mm-hmm. And, and putting a stake in a future doesn't mean you know exactly what that future is. Mm-hmm. It's actually putting stake in a potential. Mm-hmm. It's like, right, because unless you have that potential, you have nothing to grab for. And if you have nothing to grab for, you never change. So, mm-hmm. so then you choose, you know, so you, so, so you choose Mm-hmm. And you move towards that, and then you learn, and you yeah. reevaluate your experiences, and then basically, often what it, what you think it is changes, and mm-hmm. then it's a new thing. Yeah, and that's the journey. Yeah. So you have to be willing to okay, we're gonna reach out for this new vision. All right, things aren't always gonna work out just as we see in our head. We're gonna have to change it up a little bit just as we keep going to make it refine it and, and make it to keep making it more effective. Yeah, well, no, that's exact. That's exactly right. And so that journey that you're in together is made up of something called event horizons. And so these are moments in time, and before them, you you can't predict what's going to happen after them. So let's say you've got a new, and then after them, all you can do is learn as quickly as possible because the world has changed. Right? There's a, there's different kinds of uncertainty before them and after uncertainty of of, of not knowing. Uh, uh, uncertainty of, of having to just sit tight until and stay focused until it occurs and the uncertainty of all actually recognizing and aligning on the fact that it's actually occurred and, 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 um, and actually implementing it. Mm-hmm. So, so imagine I'm on a team uh, and, a, and we have a new leader who's going to come. I can't tell you what the new leader is going to, what it's going to be like until after the new leaders arrived. Yeah. What I can do is I can keep my colleagues from worrying because mm-hmm. it's a total waste of time. People, you know, they position yeah. themselves, they get themselves and all, like all of that emotional energy. Yeah. And then the moment, the moment the new leader or, or the new product or the new whatever it is, and the better has right, then now the other thing is, is how fast can we just acknowledge we're in this new world and move towards it? Oh, and now you're entire, right? So it's a, it's, yeah. it's a, it's that, yeah. Yeah, I, I like it that you've gone there because I've been in a number of positions where um, the company either brought on new leadership or, or as you said, new product, maybe new software, and everyone's like, <gasps> and uh, and there's a super panic that goes on in the beginning, maybe new leadership, everyone's worried, am I going to lose my job? And and you you got to calm the, the seas, as it were, and say, okay, this is not because we're, we're getting ready to just uh, send you off to see everyone. No, no, no. This is so we can all operate in the new world as we go forward because uh, you know we're growing we want to serve our marketplace and our our customers in the best fashion and this is why we're making these changes not because we're looking to get rid of you all um but let's move forward and, and be positive about this and you know ultimately what i think people are really scared about maybe more so than their jobs is change because change is a little scary and and there'll probably yeah. be things done differently that you know will make a little uncomfortable in the beginning i actually you know it's funny i mm. I'm not sure if I agree people are afraid of change. Let let me explain. I think they're afraid of the consequences of change and being out of control. And let me be more specific. Um, You know, uh, people are afraid they're going to lose their place at the table. Mm. They're afraid they're going to be trapped playing a role that they don't like. Uh, They're they're afraid that, um, yeah, they're afraid of, the, all the what ifs and they're afraid because they don't trust mm-hmm. 
that their that their colleagues are going to make sure it works out, right? So so the so there's this. So some of the so, fear so, is founded, actually, in, in some cases. Well, it's 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 founded. Yeah, it's it is an expression of their experience, right? This comes back. I mean, look, if you the the way the way you get to know a complex system like a business is to try to change it, and then you discover that's how you actually discover what it is, and what you discover the minute if you poke your system and, and if you if you're a leader and you're, you say, all right, I want to introduce a new product, just some change. And people aren't going to follow you. You've actually just discovered you have a toxic workplace. Whoa. That is a toxic workplace. You just didn't realize it. Because wow. what you've just done is you've just shown that people don't have the trust. That's toxic. Wow. Right? By definition. It's just, it's low level toxicity. It's the kind of toxicity that, you know, a little bit of poison and the fish are still alive, but you can't drink the water. Right? <laughs> it's not good. Not having any babies, ecosystem's gonna die. But you know, it kind of looks super clear right now with any of that messy bacteria. You know, any none of that messy algae floating around. I mean, mm. it's just, it's just a. Uh, um, so 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 we, I guess it was you know, there's a back to Germany, a German writer named Goethe, right? Mm -hmm. And he he's famous for a, a phrase which is, "You become what you tolerate." Um, and, and so what happens is, is, is leaders don't recognize, they literally don't recognize until change needs to occur that they are tolerating a level, a low level of toxicity that is just, just absolutely keeping, um, it's keeping the potential of the people in their organization from being realized. And what's so extraordinary about human beings is if we can come together and around a vision and we, we, and we're all, and we can all bring the best of ourselves, we can bend reality towards that vision often very quickly without fear and without people hating change mm. in a way that people trust each other and they're actually in it together. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I decode in the book is how to actually get to that place. Wow. Well, I, I think all businesses, whether you're in a moment of change or not, or thinking about transformation in the near future, which everyone should be as the world continues to change, and so should your business, uh, where can people get a copy of your book, Navigate This World? Uh, you can get it uh, at Amazon, of course. <laughs> it's available um, in hard copy, which is my favorite because because they it's just the best format. But it's also Kindle, and there's an audio book with a a wonderful actor who has this British voice. It makes me sound remarkably sophisticated. So uh, that one's that one's kind of fun. My daughters and wife have been completely teasing me. They're, they they walk around imitating the voice and and quoting things at me, which I think is very it's fun. Um, but yeah, you can do that. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to my website. Um, my company is growthriver.com. So it's growthriver and it's .com and uh, there are there are all sorts of things um, uh, on the website for awesome. me and my colleagues. And anyone happens to be uh, watching this video on YouTube or our website, it's right there down below. So you can uh, see the website there anytime during our interview together. And I just have to thank you again, Richard Hawk and, uh, Hawks, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting today and sharing your great wisdom. Thank you very much. This has just really been pleasant. I appreciate it. Thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 